0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 135 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for everything related to the Toronto Blue Jays. And once again, on our episode, we are full squad here. We, I'm Jesse Burrell, that's Riley McConnell, that's Isaac Bass, and we are geared in for a big episode here today. The Blue Jays just won two out of three on their last road trip of the series. We now have nine games left on the schedule, and every single one of them is going to be massive down the stretch we're going to get into that we're going to get into some interesting things we saw in the yankee series including things like yusei kikuchi's sleep schedule the blue jays have Kevin biggio hitting third in our lineup vladimir guerrero jr seems to be hurt and so so much more in the episode but gentlemen i want to start this episode the exact same way we started our last few episodes and that is with a simple true or false statement true or false the toronto blue jays are going to be a playoff team in 2023
1: you lead this one
2: off. I started last time. Uh, okay, I thought who? Oh, I thought you were gonna bail me out. All right, Jesse, <laughs> Isaac, guys. This is a difficult question to field, and honestly, the um, optimist, as I said last time, really believes that this is a playoff team. But I mean, we have not played Tampa for quite some time, and we still have six games against the Rays. I will say that I'm looking at the glass half full but it's really only half full. It's 50, 50. I'm on the fence for right now. A simple yes or no. I'll say we're a playoff team, but I hope we can play against Tampa. I hope we bring it against them.
1: All right, Isaac, what you got? Uh, I know you're probably going to bring up these stats that I saw today, but it was like, if we go six and four or something, which we lost today. So if we go six and three over the last uh, two series or three series is that we were, will be in the playoffs. All we have to do is be better than two out of those three teams Mm -hmm. in the hunt. So I'm going to say yes. I, I think that especially we've gained some momentum uh, the past couple of series um, and the Yankees aren't that good. So uh, let's go at home and let's beat them there. So I, I'm saying, yes, we are going to make it.
0: I am saying yes as well. And the numbers kind of back it up right now. The blue Jays are currently in the second wildcard spot, but we are only half a game up on both Seattle and um texas coming into this here and i am going to read out those stats here and this was coming into the game today before we lost but if the blue jays get six and four that or six and three from this point on that gets us to 91 wins because um i think it's houston and seattle play each other or maybe it's texas and seattle anyways two of the teams that are in front of us play each other therefore guaranteed 91 wins gets us in so if we go six and three in our next games, so that's a hundred percent chance of going in if we go five and four in our next game. So that's a 99.85% chance of getting in. And even if we're four and five, that's still about a ninety percent chance. We really only get in trouble if we go three and five, or God forbid, two and seven in our next um nine games here against the Yankees and Tampa. Riley, you did mention it though. The Blue Jays, as of this point on, because we play six more games against the Tampa Bay Rays, do have the hardest strength of schedule left in the American League. Concerning it all, or should we just play business and we'll get there?
2: I mean, it should be just business, but Jesse, it's obviously very concerning. The Tampa Bay Rays are an extremely dangerous team, whether you're playing them um, on the road or in your own ballpark. Tampa has found a way to win and win big. A lot of points. Yes, they've uh, skidded a little bit. I know they were running away with it early in the year. Obviously that's not happening now. However, um, For a team on paper that looks extremely shallow, I think that they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of talent and we are a deeper ball club than them. Um, if you take the, you know, the 28 men versus their 28 men, but honestly they find a way to grind and hack out victories and we let wins slip away. I mean, Hey, we could have, uh, we could have got the sweep if, uh, if we had just a little bit more luck in the ninth inning and we walked away with two big wins against the Yankees, but the Rays, Isaac, you said the Yankees aren't having a great year. They are not very good. However, the Rays are a different ball club, man. And six games against them in, in you know, basically um, 12 days or whatever it is and 14 days, it's extremely scary, man. So, I mean, yes, We're in a great spot to make the postseason, but if we let those two series slip away from us, then we are in jeopardy of not making the postseason.
1: Um, I think it was uh, John Morosi that said, uh, he was talking about the the encapsulation of the Blue Jays season. And basically you just said, Riley, that our depth is um, better than the Rays. And realistically, so are our stars. Or they should be. We have better stars. We have better depth from them. And as it's shown, like, the last week, Vladdy's, like, over 1,000 OPA. It might have changed after today. Like, he's been absolutely killing it. And as far as he goes, and Bichette's been uh, picking it up, if those two guys are going, and I know this is obvious, but this Blue Jays team is... In contention for one of the best teams in the league, so I think they're starting to show a little bit more signs of turning it on, especially Bo Bichette turned it on mm. this around this time last year, and he's just coming back from an injury. I on I think that we're going to go six and four, uh, six and three, and I also think that um, there's going to be a sweep in the Mariners and uh, Texas series that's coming up. um, Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? I don't care which team does it, but one of them go out and get three wins.
2: Yeah. That would be great. The great part about that, Isaac, is that um, they both, there can't be, um, you know, a winning ball club in that series. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, for us, that's, that's, It's great. That's a winning situation and a sweep either way is going to be ideal. Sorry, Jesse. I'll cut you. I cut you off. I'll let you continue with that thought.
0: That's all good. I was ready to move on to the Yankee series and the series that just was. I did like the fact, though, you mentioned that our superstars are going to have to carry us, including Bo Bichette, who is starting to do good things. And um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who we'll touch on a little bit more in this episode, who actually has been scratched in game three. But I want to talk about the Yankee series that just happened. Blue Jays win two out of three. And guys, there was a lot of interesting things coming out of this series here. And I want to open it up to you boys first. Out of all the things that happened in this series, what caught your attention the
2: most? Well, uh, Jesse, let me go, and we'll talk a little bit about pitching. And I mean, what caught my attention um, was Kevin Gosman's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's an absolute workhorse, and he racks up K's. And I was listening to Ben Wagner on Sportsnet um, five hundred and ninety, and man, it's like he was just passing, surpassing Blue Jay great, um, um, you know, single season strikeout records. And I don't know at what point he landed in because they were just naming like guys like the Rocket, uh, AJ Burnett, when he, you know, had crazy strikeout stuff like Kevin Gosman still has two starts to make and double digit K's are clearly not out of the question. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not ground breaking stuff. This is what Kevin Gosman does. And we just saw and they, you know, Make a good case for Garrett Cole to be the American League Cy Young winner. I mean, you, I you do, did today. Be, look, at, I mean, that those are just numbers. I mean, the ERA is better. <laughs> the walks and, and hits limited. The whip's better. Um, but Gosman certainly showcasing that he is just one of the top arms um, in, in, you know, not just the American League, all of, all of baseball. I mean, he's certainly our ace. And I mean, he has a chance to do something really special. I mean, we're looking at a two hundred and fifty plus strikeout season for Kevin Gosman, uh, which is, you know, pretty much unheard of nowadays, you know, with the way the game And progressed. I will add,
1: did he not miss two starts as well this year? With mm-hmm. an injury. Yeah, right. It. So he's doing that with missing two starts of the year. So even more impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Double- the
2: case case per nine look fantastic, boys. Yep.
0: Yeah, double digit strikeouts again, too. I think he is now fifth. All time on um, the Toronto Blue Jays record with a chance. I think he needs five more to pass Dave Steve, is it? And he's getting close to what Robbie Ray had in his Cy Young season. Riley, the 11.73 case for nine. And Isaac, if this holds, would be the best in Blue Jays franchise history ahead of what Robbie Ray did in 2021 and even ahead of the Roger Clemens Cy Young years with the Toronto blue Jays. So great stuff into the record books from Kevin Gosman. I want to talk about another pitcher. And one of my favorite pitchers on the blue Jays is you Kikuchi and what he did in game one of this series. The line will leave you a little to be desired. Five innings pitch for five plus innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, one walk, but seven strikeouts on his 82 pitches. The interesting thing to come out of this is that he was pulled from his start with what was described, I believe as like a left shoulder cramp. Yeah. Left upper yeah. trap muscle cramp which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard John Schneider say after um, getting pulled, they asked you Kikuchi about it and his, his explanation. I'm sure you boys have seen this and I'm sure you guys have seen this at home was that he only got about eight to 10 hours of sleep opposed to the 11 to 14 that he usually gets. Now I'm sure we both know he was kind of tongue in cheek there and that he wasn't serious about that, but I thought that was pretty wild as an excuse there. Um, do we have any concern about this? You Kikuchi injury or is it literally just a cramp? Sometimes pitchers will get cramps.
2: I mean, it could be, hey, it could be sleep, hydration. Um, you know, it's a long season, Jesse. And you know what? If you're not at 100% and you go out there and, and throw like he did, I, hey, th- things can happen. I've, I guarantee you he's going to make his next start and everything's going to be business as usual. Take the next couple days off and try and heal. But I, I don't think this is a uh, call for concern. It's, it's just, you know... It's just a cramp and um, yeah, 14 hours of sleep for you say from now on.
0: (laughs) That'll be hard to do when you have to travel and go through airports and all that stuff. But if that's what it takes to get a successful Yusei Kikuchi, I am into it. Isaac, I want to turn things over to you. What was the one thing in this series against the Yankees that really caught your attention?
1: Uh, I think it was just like the performance of the guys that need to perform, right? Like uh, George Springer, Bo Bichette, even Vladi at the start of the series. They have turned it on and clearly that's like... I don't know about you guys, but especially the first two games, there was like, it was like a low stress environment watching the Toronto Blue Jays comparatively to other series in the, um, the recent past. Uh, like I, I kind of had a feeling that we were going to win the whole time, even though we didn't get up to large leads to start. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's also to compound on that going to go into like the bullpen, which in 10, I think it was like 10.1 innings pitched. We gave up two earned runs. Um, like the, I think it's weird, right, that we can have such faith in a bullpen. I can't remember the last time in my life that, like, after a start, I'm like, oh, yeah, say only went 5.2. <laughs> Ryu only went three. Even if Ryu goes three innings, I'm like, okay, whatever. Our bullpen's got it. You know, like, that is such mm-hmm. a good feeling. And it was ex- especially exemplified in this series where we're facing a lot of young bats and guys like Hicks just throwing it past people. Garcia, when that guy's on and has rest, Oh my God, that fastball is crazy. So mm-hmm. uh, I think a bullpen and the stars. And with those two things, with our consistent starting pitching, like that's why I think we're going to make the playoffs and could potentially do some damage in it. It's
0: true. It's, and you see these teams in the playoffs with a good front four of rotation. The Blue Jays actually might have the best top four out of all the teams making the postseason from one through four. I just don't know if we have that really big star power at the top, which some teams need. But the fact that these four guys could keep us in a game could give the Blue Jays a dark horse shot to really make an extended run in the postseason. But you guys talked about the bullpen there, Isaac. And I want to kind of gauge where we are with the relievers in this bullpen. So gentlemen, I'm going to say a name. And on a scale of one to 10, I want you to tell me how secure you feel about these guys pitching in high leverage. With one being never, don't want them there ever, send them to Buffalo, what's taking so long. Or 10 is this guy could be a closer if it wasn't for Jordan
2: Romano. Ball. Oh, well, sounds good, man.
0: All right. First name on this list, Tim Meza. How do we feel about him?
2: I'm going to start this one off because I don't think there is another answer. If you answer less than an eight, I think you're crazy. I'm going to say a nine. I think Dang Tim up. Meza, ha- I think Meza's had an extraordinary year. Um, and I think he doesn't get enough high leverage usage. At this point in the year, I hold him higher than an Eric Swanson. Uh, I just, I've, I've always, Tim Mays has been around the Jays for a long time. Now he's been a long time tendered guy. He's, he's, he's been there in the, in the clubhouse on the field, pitched a lot of innings in relief for us. And, uh, this is his best year of his career and he's, he's absolutely should be used more in high leverage. I'm going to say a nine.
1: Isaac. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say 7.5 only because not that I don't think that he's got it. I just think that he's such a specialty pitcher, right? Like he comes in only in certain situations, whereas a closer, you need to come in no matter what. So that's why I'm only going to say 7.5 in terms of the rating scale that you gave me.
0: Interesting choice that John Schneider also used Meza as the first man out of the bullpen today behind Yusei Kikuchi, but I agree. He'd be up there with me um, probably about an 8.5 out of 10. He gave up an earned run today. He had another appearance where he gave up a two-run home run against Cleveland. Before then, he hadn't given up an earned run since July 23rd against the Dodgers, so um, that was in LA for what it's worth. That's how long it's been since Tim Meza gave up an earned run. Um, Next name on my list, Eric Swanson. How do we feel about him on a scale of 1 to 10?
2: So you guys are throwing in your point decimal numbers. If I gave <laughs> if I gave Mesa a nine, I'm going to give Eric Swanson a seven right now. And at some point in the year, probably early on to the all star break, it probably would have been an, a, a solid eight. Um, but because we've acquired different arms, um, both righties and lefties, I feel like. Swanson has kind of should have been shuffled down the depth charts a little bit. And I think at times he has been, um, I think he's a tremendous pitcher. I think this might, I think he's got a lot more than, than what his numbers say. So I'm going to say a seven Isaac. Uh,
1: yeah, this one's tough because I know what this guy's capable of and he's capable of being a top end setup guy. Um, but I think I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it feels like the last month, month and a half, he has been, one of the worst relievers. He's been giving up a lot of power. Um, that could have just been, like, from the games I've watched with him. That could not actually be true. But I, I feel like you guys nodded there. Like, I would give him, like, a 6.5 right now as, like, maybe, like, our fourth or fifth guy, even though I think that, you know, his his capability is three, in the bullpen.
0: Yeah. Um, I have the game log up here. Um, I don't think he got into the game today, but in his one appearance in New York, he faced five batters. He did give up a home run. His last appearance against the Red Sox. He also gave up a home run and, um, Mm -hmm. bullpen arms because their sample size is so small. A lot of it, especially in a short playoff series is how is this guy going for you lately? And I agree that Eric Swanson could turn it on, be a shutdown reliever. He does have a three sixteen ERA on the season, but I agree. He's probably one of those first men out of the pen. I would probably give him a six. Three more names, guys, and I want you to just kind of fire off all three if you'd like. Riley, we'll start with you. Genesis Cabrera, Trevor Richards, Jimmy Garcia. Give me your numbers for those two.
2: So we'll go six for Garcia. Um, Genesis Cabrera, I think uh, I would give a six as well, maybe a five. And Trevor Richards, um, I'm going to give him a two. Um, right. And that I, I know he's had a good year. But I don't think high leverage is his thing. It goes back to what Isaac <laughs> pretty much said about the lefty special, specialist. Um, you know, with Tim Mesa, um, Trevor Richards is kind of a a tool as well. Um, I don't think he's really an eighth inning guy, mm-hmm. and I, I I just think there's I think there are better choices um, with a guy like say Jordan Hicks or or even Eric Swanson. You know, ahead of of Trevor Richards, I think he's. I think he's had a pretty good year. The numbers can back that up. Um, he's had a couple of crazy blowups, like I mean, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The last there was a real bad one. I read in the last week. I know that. Texas, um, but yeah, five yeah. earned runs, no outs. Yep, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I mean, for me. Uh, not that I know a two sounds horrible, but I just I think there are better uh, suits for, um you know, being a setup guy and in, in going into the later innings in a close ball game.
1: Uh Yeah, <laughs> you should call this podcast the, the Richards Hate Club because this guy <laughs> can't do anything right. I feel like every guy, it was like at the start of the year, yeah, like, cut him, cut him, get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to give him like a five. It's one of those things where like in long relief, sometimes he comes in, gives you three innings with like. Six strikeouts or something crazy like that. And other times he has a blow up. So like in the playoffs, I would use him very sparingly. Like maybe if Kikuchi only comes out and gives you four innings, you might put the guy in, right? Um, but yeah, he's he's not a high leverage guy at all, in my opinion. Uh, same with Yenis Cabrera. I really liked when he first came here and I liked the guy's fire. He's like the most mm-hmm. intense guy on this baseball team. When he strikes someone out, even if it we have like a four-run lead, he's like pounding his glove and stuff. I love it. Um, but Recently he's been he's kind of like fallen back to earth, like a little bit of the Davis Snyder thing. And I think uh Garcia for me is like an eight. Um, I think his track record is just is really great. He's like a great seventh inning guy before the Hicks and Romano. I would have him probably number three on the team right now. Um, but check Ke- says Cabrera, I think we kind of like in the playoffs, he's one of those guys where it's like, we can use you next year and potentially you can get better. But right now I wouldn't put him in any type of leverage situation.
0: So definitely on the back end of the bullpen. Then um, I still have faith with Jimmy Garcia. I still want him probably ahead of these two Genesis Cabrera can be our second lefty. And I'm looking into Trevor Richards a little bit here, Riley. I, I love the strikeout stuff and I always have liked pure stuff out of my relievers. And the fact he gets so many strikeouts I've always loved, I'd probably put him at a four to be honest, not as low as a two, but fangrafts has a stat called a shutdowns versus meltdowns which is exactly kind of what you think it is. Shut it down means you've shut him down. Meltdown means you've kind of melted down. Trevor Richards have had a meltdown in four of his last six appearances, which is not good what you want coming out of the reliever. So I would, uh, I'd probably be on your side, Riley, I guess on the Trevor Richards take before we move on true or false. He is on the playoff
2: roster. Oh, for sure. He's going to be on the playoff roster. Okay. So we're not sinking him
0: too far down then. eh? No,
2: yeah. I-, I think he's on the, I eat. He- Isaac made a very good point about, um, you know, the fact that he can go multiple innings and that's what I call. And I don't know if they use the term kind of like we have, we've had, uh, you know, language, a soft language, you know, um, you know, so, cause it doesn't sound har- harsh. We used to call those guys. They were mop up role. Mm-hmm. I guess you're not mm-hmm. allowed to say that. That's kind of what Trevor Richards is a glorified mop up guy for me, but he can, He's still crafty. He's got good stuff, and and you know could pitch. the 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 thing is, he could pitch in high leverage. The question was, guys, do I want him to pitch in high leverage?
0: Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't want a guy that's going to throw eighteen change ups in a row at eighty two <laughs> miles per hour in the eighth sure. inning in a close ball game.
0: Sure. <laughs> We've talked way too much about Trevor Richards. There's still a lot to come out of this series that we got to get to here. And let's talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Guys, who was scratched late in Game Two. Um, He came in to pinch hit in game three. He actually went for an MRI on his right knee. Now, the MRI didn't reveal anything too serious. It's just a bunch of inflammation. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was asked after, or he made some comment after about simply that he was relieved. The MRI didn't show more than what was, but when the player himself is actually worried that he's going to see something bad in the MRI, there must be some real pain there with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s knee, which I don't want to give the guy excuses But this was the injury he had back in May when he spent some time out of the lineup, and maybe this has just been something that's been bothering Vladimir Guerrero Jr. all season. So level of concern, I guess, boys, on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and his knee the rest of the year.
2: Zero. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna say a five just to put it down the middle. I mean, hey, if if he takes three, if he takes three days off, um, which seems like an awful lot. Um, that's going to let him play the bulk of the games, and then the games that matter in October. Um, then we're good. But if he, you know, aggravates it and it gets worse, you know, then then he, his season is screwed, and we could be in a whole lot of trouble.
1: Isaac, why is zero on Vladimir Garajan? Um, I don't know. I think at this point of the year everyone has something. It's kind of like sure. hockey, like in the playoffs, like everyone has something. Like everyone has information in different areas. George Springer has probably been struggling with it all season like every yeah. season. I, bet you I think
0: it's leg is still hurting him too.
1: Exactly. I think all of these guys are are struggling and and in the end like if if it would be different if Vladimir Guerrero was Vladimir Guerrero of 2021. Um, I would have a little bit higher concern, but right now we have replacement level. As weird and sad as that is to say, even a Cavin Biggio right now, like, is a replacement level guy for Vladdy, and then Brandon Belt should be back um, relatively soon. So like, we have guys that can fill the void if he needs to take a week off, and I think he will hundred percent be ready for playoffs.
0: Speaking of Kevin Biggio, he was hitting third in the lineup, and he has been hitting in the top half of the Blue Jays order for the past week now. I guess a scale of one to 10, because that seems to be the theme of the day. How confident are you in Kevin Biggio playing at this all-star level he's played at in the second half?
2: Well, he hasn't necessarily played at an all-star level. I'm just looking at um, his numbers from the series, and they're not bad. They don't scream three-spot to me, though. <laughs> like, I mean, hey, the uh, the walks look great. Um, I like him if we're playing old school batting order, which is how I like to do it anyways. He's a great two spot hitter in like ni- 1997, kind of like his father in, in a lot of senses, but he doesn't have the speed and base stealing ability that Craig had. Um, I think his defense is keeping him in the lineup. Yeah. Great uh, like catch.
0: Even, at first base, he made
2: then. another tremendous defensive play. You know, our defense has been good all year. Just a side note there. But I mean, Hey, yeah, we're trying things. I, I don't think third in, in our batting order is the way to do it. I think seventh is probably where I would designate Biggio for now. I think, you know, put some power in front of him. Matt Chapman is, uh, you know, I think just shy of 40 doubles um, and then have a guy like uh, Kevin Biggio right behind him uh, wouldn't be the worst, uh, worst case scenario.
0: A 130 WRC plus for Kevin Vigio in the second half of the season, which I would not have had on my Blue Jays bingo card at the All Star break. Um, Isaac, I want to get your take on Davis Schneider here because we've had a lot of Davis Schneider hype coming into the year and he has kind of struggled in this series. He went 0 for 4 in game one, did not play in game two, and then went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts before being pinch hit for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So Isaac, is the David Schneider hot streak or the David Schneider saga, is it over? Or what should we expect next from David Schneider?
1: No, I think you all remember like when he had his hot streak to begin and then we just left him out of the lineup randomly once yes. he started to cool off slightly. <laughs> and then he comes back and hits a home run right away and goes like on an all-star um, Hall of Fame pace for, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's one of those things. I actually saw a tweet about this about an hour before we started this. That was basically like they found... With rookies, you're going to find weak spots in their swings. And the other one was, I think they said something about uh, breaking balls outside of the zone and the expectation of a fastball are the things that he's struggling with right now. Um, So, like, I think you drop this guy in the order until he figures it out, but you don't take him out of the lineup because this guy single-handedly has saved the Blue Jays season. um, And he has the potential to be a, a star at this point with the season he's having. So if he figures that out, he has... Nine games left. Let's hope he does, but don't take him out of the lineup, please. Yeah, I'm in
0: agreement with you too. I don't want this slump to phase John Schneider. In fact, no pitcher since, or no hitter since David Schneider has become a major leaguer has had more pitches outside of the strike zone called strikes than David Schneider has. So, Mm -hmm that might turn around and be things a little better. And one more big major move before we get into some minor stuff is that the Blue Jays made a roster move, actually. We called up Cam Eden from Buffalo. Ernie Clement was sent down and Mason McCoy was DFA'd. Cam Eden's biggest tool, for those of you who do not know, is speed. 53 stolen bases down in Buffalo for Cam. He was second in all of AAA. His slash line... 2.57, 3.54, 3.33, so not a lot of power, only three home runs, WRC plus of 80 in this game. But I like the fact, boys, that the Blue Jays are bringing up a guy who can be a defensive replacement, a designated pinch runner, because we know how much these nine games coming up in the regular season are going to mean. And a guy who can single-handedly steal you a base at the right moment can single-handedly win you a game. So two thumbs up for me on this move. What are your boys' thoughts on Cam Eden being called up or Clement being set down for that matter?
1: I think that so, we should just call him Cam Zimmer at this point because that's exactly <laughs> what he's going to be in the playoffs for us.
2: I had some good comps with uh, Terrence Gore there when you call up a guy yeah. just to run the bases. Um, so what? What I you know, obviously know about this kid, the stolen bases, fifty plus, don't lie, um, but. What what will tell you a lot about a player is when you look at his line and he slugs less than his on base percentage. So that will tell you, um, you know, that a guy does not possess a lot of power. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, you know, you'll see numbers 30, 40 points higher, um, you know, than a, his on base from where his slugging was. But I'm a fan of this move. I did like what Ernie Clement did on the diamond, and yep. he had some very, very uh, ti- uh, well-timed hits for us. But I think that this is a wise move to make. I'm um, I like i, I I'm a fan of it, and it gets him a, a small cup of coffee. I think he's just getting his feet wet, uh, you know, uh, literally and figuratively, as I think he's not going to get a lot of at-bats. I think that he's going to see... Some time on the base pass and some innings on late innings defensively. But uh, whatever gets us into the postseason. And base running has not been one of our strong suits. So perhaps, he is, help, a, yeah. perhaps he is, perhaps he not only a fast base runner, he is a smart base runner, because intelligence on the base paths. At this point in the year, if we're we're running into outs, that just looks bad. We've done it all damn year. Um, so if Cam Eden can can you supply us some good speed and some good decisions, then I'm totally good with it.
0: And guys, one more starting pitching performance that we did not mention yet on the show is the performance of Jose Barrios today. Five and two thirds, seven hits, four earned runs, no I walks, six them. strikeouts <laughs> on 99 pitches. ERA is now at 358, nine hard hit balls against Jose Barrios in this start here. Um, I guess, do you guys have a takeaway from this or is just, hey? Tough luck for Jose Barrios. Is
1: he gonna start next series? No, he's not gonna start next series. Okay, well, next start, I'm gonna say, and I'll re- I'll re- say this next episode. Barrios, you suck.
2: You're our worst pitcher.
1: <laughs> now go out there and do the a <laughs> <The> reverse jinx. Excellent. Reverse jinx.
2: That I hope that works. Hey, Barrios, this happens with Barrios, where he'll get absolutely tattooed in a start. And I think he's lucky in this one. He didn't um I like didn't give up more runs. I know. Listen, what hurt him the most was that was the was the three run home run in the first frame. I mean that'll put that's that's a killer right off the bat playing the Yankees. I we're all feeling good, boys. We all were there, like not in the Bronx, but we were all watching, listening, whatever. And that happens. Well, against Garrett
1: Cole too.
2: Yeah. And well, we had, we were in tough against Garrett Cole yeah. from the get go and we're behind right off the bat, essentially. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, Barrios got, he got a couple balls labeled off him. And I think that's just what you're going to get with Jose Brios. His, he still has a fantastic season line, but obviously this is not one of his finer starts. Um, he didn't walk a batter though. I will say that, yeah. but it didn't seem to matter. He he got hit pretty hard. And I mean, at the end of the day, um, a three run home run is going to kill you and hard hit balls that don't get caught are probably going to hurt you, too.
0: I am still, to this day, terrified every time I watch Jose Brio's pitch. I understand he's going to be in our playoff rotation, but I hope he's fourth out of the four. But we'll talk about that a little later. Boys, I just want to mention some things that I saw in this series that caught my attention. You can comment on any or all of them, or you can add your own if there was something I missed here. Game four of the series, Matt Chapman had four hard-hit baseballs and only went one for four. Sounds like the story of Matt Chapman's season. Um, Mitch White is doing some very, very good things down on the farm. In fact, he struck out over his first four innings today. He threw a fastball as hard as 97.2 miles per hour, which is faster than any pitch he's thrown in Major League Baseball. Had 16 whiffs in his most recent starts, better than his career best in Major League Baseball, and also struck out number one prospect in all of baseball, Jackson Holliday, on three straight pitches. Maybe something is brewing here in Mitch White. And then just some other things. Davis Schneider was named the Blue Jays Minor League Player of the Year. I think well-deserved for Davis Schneider. Alec Manoa has received some injections in his pitching arms. We've talked about this before, but his season is now officially over. Ricky Tiedemann is on his way to Buffalo. He will make his AAA debut with the Buffalo Bisons on Friday. And Blue Jays' postseason tickets go on sale September 28th at 10 a.m. You can bet your bottom dollar I will be buying tickets for a game that I hopefully get to see. Anything there catch your attention, boys, or anything else you want to add that you got to take away from this series?
2: Bass, you're a better listener than I am. So <laughs> what what were your main takeaways from that?
1: Uh, Unless Mitch White changes his name to Mitch Frasso, I really don't care how he's doing. Um, (laughs) And uh, Alec Manoa, I guess I can just talk on this a little bit. I, I, you know, uh, Jay's Twitter is becoming about as toxic as Leafs Twitter. And, uh, a lot of people are making like we don't know what's gone on and I don't think anyone's going to tell us what has gone on until a few years. We don't know like there's been people throwing out like any types of substance stuff. There's also people saying he just quit on the team. There's people saying that the front office did certain things like we really don't know. And I guess until we know it can't comment on it. But I'll, I've also seen a lot of people who have thrown out like this, he's done with the Toronto Blue Jays. That there's there's this just we're not going to be able to mend this bridge that has happened with the front office and Alec Manoa, in which case that sucks because he has no value in a trade. Like we've and he could still develop into the Alec Manoa of last year. So um I'm just hoping that they can mend this bridge over the offseason and he can figure his stuff out. Unfortunately, my gut is telling me that things aren't going to work out with Alec Manoa here in Toronto, which really sucks because I thought that our starting pitching over the next few years was going to be absolutely elite.
0: It is going to be the talking point of the off season for sure on Alec Manoa. Riley, go ahead. What were you gonna add on that?
2: Oh, I was just uh I had a couple things there. Uh the first one being uh, well if we packaged maybe a Mitch White with an Alec Manoa, then maybe we could get a get a <laughs> Nick Frasso? To, to, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll take him back. <laughs> we'll take him back. Oh man. Uh yeah, that's what a disastrous year for him. And uh I I try not to pay too much mind to uh You know, to the negative things on Twitter, um, you know, regarding that. But I don't think that he will be a welcomed man um, in the city of Toronto. I think in my in in my honest opinion, I think they should move him because I don't know. I think that respect has been lost. I think that, you know, he's 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 dug a, a six foot hole for himself. And, you know, he's got to kind of lay in his grave um, as a Blue Jay. And I do Ooh, think we, wow. could, we could get to – I mean, hey, like, hey, if the fans aren't behind him, that's a big – there is there is a big – there is a big uh, motive there. And I'm not saying I'm a fan of it. This is just what I think. You know, I want Alec Manoa to turn it around. I want him to be the future ace of this ball club. But I really don't think – That there's much left for him unless there could be a total rehabilitation um, on, you know, what he's going to do from this moment till opening day next year, which I know he won't be the starter, but he's got a lot of work. He's got a long journey ahead.
0: Yeah. And we will talk about Alec Manoa a lot this offseason. I am sure. Boys, big series going down to the trop for what maybe will be the last time this year. We don't know for sure, but probable pitchers. Chris Bassett against Tyler Glasnow, Hunjin Ryu against Zach Littell, and Yusei Kikuchi against Taj Bradley. Boys, 30 seconds or less. Do you have a series prediction or a pick-to-click, I suppose, in this series against Tampa Bay?
2: Oh, well, maybe we should win two out of three. (laughs) That's what I I think. Um, I'm not, like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a sweep on either side. I think we win two or we win one. Knock on wood, we don't get swept. My my piece to click is Boba We yes. saw what he did last year in September. I think, you know, returning from injury. I really think it's about time. I think we're going to get a big bow series. And um, I, as far as the other offensive pieces, I don't. I don't have flyers on them. I hope honestly, I hope Springer has a good series. I've lost a lot of faith in Dalton Varshow. I think for sure. Bull um, sneaky George Springer. And I, I don't expect anything from Varshow or Chapman at this point. Isaac, how about you? Um, you know, this is going to be
1: the ultimate litmus test on how who the Toronto Blue Jays are, because what they do all the time is they have two good series, like they just had against weaker clubs, and then all of a sudden they go into a good team and just get their asses beat. So I am going to say we switch that narrative starting now mm-hmm. to go into I'm going to to go into the playoffs and we take two out of three and. Hopefully one of the Seattle or, te- or Texas uh, gets swept in their series. And we have a nice comfy cushion going into the last six games.
0: I want to be optimistic, but the blue jay if this year's blue Jay season has taught me anything, nothing comes easy. I will say we only take one out of these three games here, but my pick to click David Schneider, who does hit fastball very well. Yeah. Yep. And um, out of the three pitchers, Taj Bradley, Zach Littell and Tyler Glasnow are all fastball heavy pitchers. I like David Schneider to break out again in this series.
2: Yep, I I think that we can do well against the fastball. Isaac, you just coined a phrase. Um, you said something along the lines of something being cushy. I think at this point in the year, nothing is cushy, uh, especially the situation we're in. Like, yeah, I think that um, if there's a sweep for us, if we... Uh, produce a sweep against Tampa and one of the Texas Seattle teams get swept. I mean, I still wouldn't call anything cushy. I mean, we, we are still very much on the battlefield trying to dig it out. Um, I like the, I like the thought that yes, it would be cushier, but Mm -hmm. we are still very much in grind mode.
0: All right, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Just a reminder to like the video on your way out and subscribe to the channel as you gear up for the postseason push with us here on Buds and Blue Jays. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and all the good stuff. Tell a friend, you know, bash a Yankees fan for us. Leave a comment down below on what you think the Blue Jays are going to do in this series and so much more and all that stuff. Guys, we will be back on Sunday or Monday to recap the series against the Tampa Bay Rays and I hope to, go- to god we have a good thing to talk about. Until then, for Jesse and Isaac or for Isaac and Riley, I'm Jesse. We'll see you guys next week.
2: Thanks Peace. guys.